Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Nerd. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And tonight I am really excited to have friend of the show, Mike Cole, back on to talk about his unbelievable new project, Hunted, on CBS. Mike, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. So this is like kind of a, I mean, we knew this about you, that you were kind of a badass and that you do all this crazy When last like, we left Mike Cole, he was <laughs> merely fighting crimes and writing amazing novels, but now he's added TV star to his repertoire. Basically, basically. Uh, so how did this whole project come about? When did you find out about this? Tell us, tell us about Hunted. So uh, it's really weird. I, a lot of people know me as a science fiction and fantasy nerd, and I think most people know that I, I had a career in the military and intelligence. But I think a lot of folks don't know that a huge piece of that career was counterterrorism manhunting, a lot of it over in Iraq. And um, counterterrorism manhunting is sort of like the other side of fugitive recovery, which is sort of the law enforcement side of it. But it really is just a fancy way of saying finding folks. And um, I mean, I guess my reputation, I mean, I, I like to think I was good at the job. I didn't think I was a superhero at the job. Um, and I guess my reputation sort of got out there. And uh, when CBS and End of All Shine, End of All Shine is the production company for the show, went out sort of looking for people to do this, my name was, was thrown out there and they got in touch with me. And uh, I was at a publishing holiday party uh, <laughs> having a drink with all of my nerd friends talking about Star Wars or whatever. And my phone rings and it's, it's somebody asking me if I want to be on a TV show. And I'm not exaggerating. I think... Can I curse on this show? I can't remember. Yeah, I might. I <laughs> might, I might add a quacking it. noise later, but it's fine. <laughs> I think. I think my exact first words to the person on the other end of the phone were F- "you," like, you, 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 because I, I didn't believe it. And um, yeah. I think I'm not the first person to have had that reaction when TV calls. So they were very, very cool about it. And uh, I went through a series of Skype interviews, and then. Um, and, and I would, and I still honestly didn't believe it was real because I don't know. I mean, you guys know this from publishing and from TV, and you guys being out in Hollywood. Um, you know, everything is so amazing, and everything's going to be a big deal, and then it just somehow doesn't happen. So I just was kind of like, you know, not really believing it. Um, and then they said they were going to fly me out and have me meet the president of CBS. <gasps> and I'm thinking, the president of CBS doesn't want to meet me. You talking about Les Moonves? No, I'm talking about Glenn Geller. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, the president, um, gotcha. The new guy who, who commissioned the show, and, uh, and uh, I thought, for sure, he's not going to care about me. <laughs> and the next thing I know, there's a plane ticket, and once they started spending money, I was thinking, oh, man, this is real. And so I went out there, and I met with him, and he was super, super cool. 
And uh, even then, I didn't know uh, if, if they would have chosen me or not. And then, yeah, sure enough, uh, a couple of days later, I, I got the call, and it was all made real. They headhunted you to manhunt other people. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, they did. And it's, it's kind of neat because uh, all of us are hunters. Um, and in a way, it was actually a little bit intimidating because you're walking into a room with the, the best and brightest uh, in this field. Um, the head of ops, for example, had been a commander with U.S. Marshals, had done nothing but high-risk uh, fugitive recovery for something like 20, 25 years of his career, Lenny DePaul. He's also on the TV show Hunting Hitler. Um, my boss on the show was the CIO under the Bush White House, who now um, runs a major cybersecurity company and is one of sort of the foremost thinkers in cybersecurity in the world. And uh, one of the deputy heads of ops was a Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL, get this: five Bronze Stars, four of them wow. with com- four of them with combat Vs. So, so for those of you who don't know the military, a Bronze Star is a, is a, a high honor, but but nobody gets the combat V. That's hmm. a big big deal, and a Purple Heart. And this guy set the uh, world distance record for flying in a wingsuit. Which oh, okay. He- <laughs> which means Just- he jumped. In- Right. He jumped out of an airplane and flew the farthest distance any human ever has in history (laughs) in a wingsuit. So these are the kinds of people I was working with. So, yeah. Okay. So these these people are on the show. And I assume you aren't just releasing a celebrity in the Hollywood Hills. Like, what is the premise? So the premise is that the the fugitives, um, they they come on, they are confined to a hundred thousand square mile uh, uh, portion of the United States. And uh, if you watch the trailer, they, they flash the map very uh, briefly. 100,000 square miles isn't the whole country, but it's an awful lot of it. It's a large area. Yeah. Right. Um, with, they tell them they got to run. They have a one-hour lead time on us. Um, I actually have the rules here. That, uh, the prize, they have to stay hidden for 28 days without us catching them. The prize is a quarter of a million dollars if, wow. they, if they stay evaded. Um and we only get, uh, they have limited funds, and the only thing we have to start with is a name, a picture of them, and their last known location. So they really have, I mean, they basically have to take a go bag and just go, no matter what they're doing in that moment. It's, it's, it's time to get out of there. That's right. And I think they picked a wide, wide range of fugitives. If you, the fugitives go in two-person teams, and if you see... There's all kinds of uh, different skill sets that are involved there. The fugitive profiles are all online. So you have, you know, Dave uh, and Emily. Dave was a, a criminal defense attorney, but he had a background as a criminal. Um, you have uh, Troy and uh, Shelley Post, who run a um, airsoft uh, uh, range and company. And you got to remember, airsoft people are people who are used to roughing it, being out in the woods, um, have a little bit of a survivalist mentality. You have Matt and Christina. Um, Christina's a model, so she sort of stands out. Both of them are really, really tall. Uh huh. So there's a huge variety of, of fugitives with different skill sets, and, and I think it's going to give the viewer uh, a pretty good range of sort of what human advantages and challenges. Uh, no, wait a minute. Have. You, uh, you guys who are hunters all have backgrounds as actual hunters. Were any of these people actually fugitives? Um, well, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. I'll say that okay, at, least right, the, fair at least one of the fugitives has a criminal background. How's that? Okay. Okay. So wait, I, I have to go back uh, a ways right now to ask one other question that I, that I meant to ask and didn't. You said someone was on a show or on a project called Hunting Hitler. They do know Hitler is dead. Right? Yes, they do know Hitler is, is dead. Is he? 
Uh, is he? Find is the he? body. Is, is that a, a spoiler? I believe it's a cable show on the History <laughs> Channel. Um, I'm well, not, I've explained it right there. And you'll forgive me, I'm not prepared to talk up that particular show. Sure, oh, sure. But I know it's super, super popular. Um, and, and Lenny also was on a show called U.S. Marshals. So, but he's one of the very few TV veterans on this show. I know Aki, okay. per- Aki Perix, who is uh, one of the intelligence analysts, former CIA guy. You regularly see him on, on TV news. He's a talking head on the news. And I know my boss, Teresa, is a regular um, consultant for news channels uh, talking about cyber issues and cybersecurity. But Lenny, I think, is the only guy, to the best of my knowledge, who's sort of on other t- uh, reality TV shows outside of this one. So from your perspective, so first of all, have you, have you, everything's been shot, everything's done by this point, right? Now they're just airing the episodes. Okay. So obviously you can't talk about who won. We won't ask you about that because we're going to keep it a surprise. I'm stoked to find out myself. (laughs) But what do you think for, if, if I were to do this show, for example, I consider myself a pretty outdoorsy, pretty like knowledgeable person about this kind of stuff, but I still feel like there's so much I don't know. What's like a tip that you would give someone? Like just, you don't have to spoil anything, but what would be a good <laughs> idea for people to do to kind of evade you? Do you have any tips just for like the average Joe out here? Well, I will say this, the thing that, that tangles most people up, and uh, let me talk instead of the show more about real life. Okay. Um, uh, because that will uh, avoid me getting in trouble with the show and still answer your question. Um, I think that the thing in both fugitive recovery and in counterterrorism targeting that really, really trips up um, bad guys, and I understand that's a ju- judgmental term to use, but it really is the term that we, I guess we say in, in law enforcement and counterterrorism targeting, you have to disassociate yourself from your target, otherwise you're not going to be able to do your job. So we do call them bad guys. Um, but the thing that really trips bad guys up is human connections. What you're going to hear Teresa talking about on the show a lot, what she calls a circle of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, people, human beings are networked organisms. We are highly, highly connected. Even, even hermits, even people that are socially off, even people like the Unabomber, we think that we're isolated. But true hermits are, are so rare that they're almost non-existent. And the thing that, at least in my experience, both in, in counterterrorism targeting and fugitive recovery, has always been people making contact with other people in their lives, either for, yeah, either for assistance or to check on something or to sometimes to brag or leave a note or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So the real, if I was off to offer one tip to somebody, it would be completely disconnect from any other human being in the world unless you absolutely must. And you would be surprised at how hard it is to do that. Well, it feels like we get so much of that these days with people posting things on social media after they commit crimes. (laughs) And it's just baffling to me. I'm like, what are you thinking? Not only are you giving... I can't imagine that's representative of most criminals, but it does seem to happen more often than you would ever think it should. It is extremely common. If you look, and this is public information, if you look at a lot of the big ATM carding rings that have been busted in recent days, you know what carding is? It's it's when people hack bank accounts, create fake um, ATM cards, cards. and and they have networks of mules, sometimes around the world, that will withdraw the money in small increments over a very short period of time. Well, in a lot of cases, the big busts of these, and you can Google um, this stuff and read stories about it, these guys are going on Facebook, and they have pictures of themselves with the money, either in a car or 
hotel room bed and like these are treasure <laughs> troves to investigators man it's it just makes it too easy Right, right. Uh, okay, so we got some questions uh, from people on Goodreads, and and we understand that some of these questions you may not have an answer for, which is totally fine because we don't want to spoil anyone on what happens in the show. But our first question, I think you you might be able to answer because it's about off camera. What was the most Hollywood thing that happened to you on Hunted? Oh my god! This is from Linda. This is from Linda. Yeah, sorry, Linda. Um. Wow. Oh, boy. Um, the most Hollywood thing. I mean, happened. you already said getting flown out to meet the president of CBS Network. That's pretty Hollywood right there. Was there anything yeah. else? Uh, uh, you know, I think I think during that initial interview process before we started shooting um, was getting an email from CBS Wardrobe. And this was interesting. They, they didn't want to pick my clothes because I think their goal in reality TV is to create, I mean, look, one thing about Hunted, this is not Real Housewives, this is not Jersey Shore, right? This is not right. a, a caddy show about social relationships. The goal is to show us as we really are doing our real job. But there is also wardrobe, and they want to know what we're going to wear. So I spent two hours with my cell phone in front of a mirror, taking <laughs> pictures of my, that are representative outfits of what I normally wear, and then sending it back to wardrobe, and then having to pause and shake my head and be like, I cannot believe I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so that they would they would understand what they could expect, I guess, so that they could arrange shots and camera angles. And sure, like sure. I got out there. So that was probably my most Hollywood moment. Follow-up question, do you still have those pictures? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but uh, um, they're they're stored in a uh, offline drive. You would have to break <laughs> into my house to get them. Yeah, that's right. There's no way anybody's getting them. Uh, Linda also asked, and you probably can't answer this, but if you can do it in an offhand way, that would be fine too. Sure. Did any of the hunted contestants surprise you with how difficult they were to track? Every single one of them in a different way. This is mm -hmm. the coolest thing. This is the great thing about both counterterrorism and targeting and fugitive recovery. Uh, and the one thing that I gotta say, if anyone's ever interested in going into law enforcement or going into the intelligence field, the, the field I'm describing here is called targeting, is that the way you catch these people is by knowing them, right? And it's the thing that is what's most fascinating about writing, it's the thing that is most fascinating about stories, it's the thing that's most fascinating about life, is other people. I forget who it was who said hell is other people. Was it Voltaire? Or? I believe it was Jean-Paul Sartre. Jean-Paul Sartre. Okay. So hell is other people, but heaven is also other people. Other people are fascinating. Mm. And that is what targeting is. It's diving into another person and getting to know them inside and out. And people are as, as diverse and as um, multifaceted and complicated as snowflakes. And no two are the same. And no two hunts are the same. And no two targets are the same. So every single one of them surprises you. And that's not just true in on the TV show, but it was true in my intelligence and law enforcement careers as well. And it's one of the things that makes the job fantastic. Now, I'm almost certain you won't really be able to answer this question. <laughs> I think we have to caveat like every question. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, if you did, it would spoil parts of the show. But Centaurin PR wanted to know what the stupidest thing an unnamed contestant did. Oh, yeah, I can't. I can't. <sighs> because, because the stupid things that they do, you're going to see. Okay, so I, yeah. I really can't comment on uh, that. Well, okay. Well, I have, I have kind of a related question. Sure. How 
do they hide when there's a camera crew following them? Ah, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a, a very, very common question. Um, and unfortunately, it is one of the questions that I cannot answer. Oh. Suffice to say, suffice to say, I will say this, that the obvious answer is that we would just find them by finding the camera crew. There are mechanisms in place to ensure that the show is kept fair and that um, this is a real hunt. And we are not given unfair advantages like that. He okay. can't talk about the miniaturization ray that CBS has <laughs> right, yeah. to or make the, the camera people the very invisible small. camera drones. No, I, won't, I, won't, I won't comment on it directly, but I will say that the show is fair and uh, this is a real hunt you're witnessing. And we do not have you know an unfair advantage in locating these people. That's very cool. cool. Yeah. That, I, I, and I think Centaur and PR, you got your answer, which is watch the show and you'll know when those things that you're asking <laughs> when about When the happen. stupid things happen. Yeah, you're going to, oh, believe me, you'll see. You'll see for sure. Uh, oh, hey, did, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Before we go on, one comment, one more comment on that, um, on, 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 on those things being stupid. Um, real life is stupid and real people are stupid. And, and by stupid, I don't obviously mean stupid in the pejorative term. I mean that sure. people, make, people make mistakes. And I have gone up against high-value targets in Iraq. We are talking hard-bitten terrorists with, you know, who had been committed, committed jihadis, you know, all their lives, who had been living in the middle of the desert, who, who knew good what we call communication security or comsec. They knew good opsec. They knew how to how to drop signals. They knew how to how to vary their routes and times. Do all these kinds of things to throw off surveillance. And we still, they still made what I think the average person would consider to be a stupid mistake. So if, if those kinds of professional evildoers are going to be making those mistakes, you can bet your butt that um, people on the show will be making them too. Oh, no. I can guarantee that I would be making <laughs> stupid mistakes, normal mistakes, average mistakes. I'd be making every level of mistake. And, and, sure. hey, and hey, by the way, investigators and targeters and intelligence officers make mistakes too. The thing that The thing that... I, you know, it's so funny. You think of the Navy SEALs, right? The, the Navy SEALs are as close to ninjas um, as uh, as the United States has. And you're, and one of our guys, as I mentioned before, Andy Stumpf, who is our one of our deputy heads of operations, is um, you know is, is this Navy SEAL, and he'll be the first guy to tell you that Navy SEALs are human beings that screw up just like everybody else. They have more training. They have um, a lot more of a warrior ethos. They have a certain a commitment to not giving up that maybe isn't common and isn't average but the essential humanity is there and uh it's one thing everyone's got to keep keep in mind yeah we're trained professionals yeah we're super super good at what we do i'll i'll uh, i'll take that um but we're all human beings that's for sure well it wouldn't be much of a hunt if, if you guys were perfect at it too right, so, right. half the fun is seeing you guys try to figure things <laughs> out episode, yeah. yeah that is exactly right that is exactly right so uh, of course oh go ahead tom were you going to ask Centaur and PR's final question? No, you should do that. Centaur <laughs> uh, and PR, I, I, I believe this one you should be able to uh, answer. Centaur and PR wants to know, did you ever get to proudly announce, release the hounds? <laughs> Can you believe that I can't answer that one? Oh. If, I, if I did, if I had said that, it would be on the show. It right? would give away that there were hounds. No, you're absolutely right. I, <laughs> I yeah, can't, I, I can't say it, nor can I 
uh, confirm or deny whether I evilly steepled my fingers while I said it. <laughs> classified, Sorry, all man. classified. Poor Centaurin PR. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really uh, not delivering on his answers. It's all right. They, well, Centaurin PR is asking the hard questions, too. He is. So. He is. He is. And it's going to have a lot to look forward to. So that's that's yeah. half the fun. Yeah. Um, so, of course, we've had you on the show before because you're you're an accomplished writer in your in your own right. But have you have you gotten any book ideas out of this whole experience? Is this something you would in any way incorporate into your work? Actually, it's funny. Um, it's always giving me ideas, but I have to be super, super careful um, in my writing because and it's one of the reasons why I write fantasy um, and, and I guess now history, but I'm sticking to ancient history because um, <clears throat> when you work in the intelligence community, you have to you, you have a lifelong binding agreement that you cannot even indirectly um, comment on or write about the um, you know what you're doing in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so now CBS has relationships with law enforcement, and they're very you know they do law enforcement and intelligence related shows all the time. So they know how to be careful. But in terms of taking um, exact hunting TTPs, uh, what we call TTPs, tactics, techniques, and procedures, and putting them into my work, I'd be super super hesitant to do that. Because if you make a mistake and you run afoul of that of that uh, agreement, that's uh, that's a bad day. <laughs> that's a very good point. I was more thinking of the stupid mistakes that the targets make. If, oh, you know, for if, sure. If well, that human, would inspire some kind no, of fantasy the, the plot story, element. The human element is fair game. I mean, that's the essence of, of all stories. So yeah, I'm, and, but that's not unique to Hunted. I, sure. I, I draw on everybody from, you know, the, the barista at Starbucks who's giving me my coffee to uh, to my boss at work to my own myself and my parents like I mean you name it I'm milking it for story do you like think about when you just see people in the street do you do you like go all covert ops on them <laughs> like look at that are you good like Sherlocky and like say like oh there's a hair on that guy's jacket like he's got a dog which means he's cheating on this other dog he's walking i don't know no 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 but what i do do what i do do and actually uh, you guys i believe you interviewed my best friend peter b brett also another uh, awesome writer um yes. who i know you've had on the show so pete laughs about this because when we spend a lot of time hanging out whatever and like, you take a lot of cabs in new york city and whenever we take a cab i always get in the front seat and then um i strike up a conversation with the driver and i make it my business to learn three or four things about him or her personally before uh, that cab ride is over. And I usually, and if I can speak, I have a little bit of Arabic and a little bit of Amharic. So like if I, if I speak the language, I'll, I'll try to, you know, do as practice as much of that as I can sometimes French too. And, um, this is called elicitation and it's a skill, believe it or not, you train in it. I certainly did a lot of elicitation based intelligence when I was in the Coast Guard. Um, and, uh, that skill can get rusty. And it's, it's a science and also an art, and all it is is getting people to talk about themselves. And you share a little information about yourself, but not too much, and uh, you use that as a sort of lever to get information out of them. And it's really, really cool. It's like this cool chess game dance. If you're good at it, the other person doesn't know you're doing it. And uh, I don't ever want that skill to get rusty. So I do it all the time. <laughs> so you do it on Pete all the time? I do it on everybody. Pete will tell you. Like, uh, we'll, we'll be in a conversation at a party or something, and um, you know, Pete will walk away and talk to somebody else. He'll come back to me and be like, so did you get the intel off the guy? <laughs> how, much, how much dirt, uh, how much dirt uh, from, your, from your cyber exploits have you dug up on Sam Sykes? 
<laughs> what are you holding over his head? That's what I want to know. Uh, you know what? Sam is so shameless that um, there is no dirt I could uncover that he would not be proud to announce on Twitter. <laughs> and he wouldn't and, shovel towards you as <laughs> right. And probably, and probably already. You know has. what? You know what it would be? It would be you would be digging through all like these like online files and like you know going way back into his accounts and you would like find like some like like encrypted code like on the back of something and it would just be. Buy my book. Buy my book. <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And actually, it was pretty, pretty funny. There's this one fan of ours. Uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name. But they're a really great Photoshop editor. And if you guys saw the GIF it's uh, that they introduced or the animated you know, clip where they introduced mm-hmm. me on the show, and it's me typing in a computer and there's a screen on the background. Well, this person photoshopped it. So like, as the camera zooms in, you see Sam Sykes popping up <laughs> on the screen behind me. Like making some stupid face at the camera. That's and buy great. Buy my book. Buy my book. Buy my book. Yeah. If yeah. folks are not following both Sam Sykes and Michael on Twitter, you're missing out on some of the most entertaining exchanges in all of the internet. In <laughs> yeah, my between opinion. you guys and P and Brian McClellan, and you guys just crack me up constantly. Uh, and West like, Chu is another. Uh, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so the show, January 22nd on CBS. Yeah, right after the AFC Championship game. So if you're football fans, you can just keep the TV on and we'll roll right into it. I'm hoping, there's not, I'm hoping there's not many uh, penalties, flags or whatever, mm. so that we don't wind up like the show airing at midnight. But, uh, you know, we'll see. That's super exciting. Congratulations. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Thanks. I'm excited. And of course, for you guys out there, Sword and Laser is entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. And if you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.